Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 667 for the week of March 4th, 2023. I'm Chris Privet here bringing you this week's RPG related stuff to talk about. Joining me today, we have Ryan Costa. Hello. Kelly Ryan. My, my kitten is out of cat. Out of cat? No. And wait, Robert Albright, or did he leave? No, I'm still here. Oh, hi. Hi. I'm, I'm the, just the local hanger on. All right, everybody. I'm playing backpack heroes. So you you do the show. <laughs> well, okay. Um. Well, well. First off, kit, kitten update. It was not his week with the brain cell. Okay. He, uh, tried tried to eat Legos and then keeps getting got his head stuck in a bag. Um, like like one of those brown paper bags with the um handles and got his head stuck in the handle and it's like oh buddy i i I set it down immediately and you get your head stuck right there (laughs) um gosh he he was like doing other brain one brain cell stuff this week and i can't remember off the top of my head but my kitten is extremely cute you guys you have no idea okay good to know (laughs) um I don't know if anybody want to go first with what they've been playing. I will go first. I didn't really play much Fire Emblem this week. Um, not been excited to finish. I should be, but I haven't been. I don't know what's up with that. I probably just needed a break. I've been watching tons of Naruto Shippuden. For some reason, I was just too tired to play games. So I'm like, I need to finish some anime I've been putting off. So I watched like 50 episodes of that this week. Um, I'm still not done. And then I know that once I catch up to that, then there's like a billion episodes of Boruto to watch. And it's like, I can't, I can't. I'm not even going to bother trying to do Naruto, honestly. I I keep seeing videos on YouTube that are like, oh, that's cool. I haven't seen that. I got to catch up on that series. And then when I'm. All I know is that I call him Bort. That is Bort. (laughs) Once I get caught up with Bort, then I would go back and catch up on Bleach. Because there's new Bleach coming. And. Yeah, alright. Anyway, that's anime. And then, uh, what did I do? A little bit more Embers Adrift, and a little bit more New World, and and Vaughn's like, after you get done with that, it's a healthy helping of One Piece. I don't think, I think I'm going to just choose not to do One Piece. Not because I don't want to or wouldn't enjoy it, I just don't have room for it. I don't even have room for for Bort, but... (laughs) I think I just have to I make mean, a choice. <laughs> at least you're not get, trying to get into cased closed. Oh, is that super long too? 1,057 episodes. Tam, that's probably less than Naruto. It started before Naruto. I know. That's the sad part with Naruto. <laughs> you don't understand. No, Case Closed is actually recorded as one of the longest running animes. In <laughs> Von says it's less than One Piece. One Piece is a how many episodes until I stop watching anime? Technically, isn't The Simpsons the longest running anime? Uh, no, actually, there's one. For, there's one in Japan that's been running since the seventies. That's a W anime. We're talking about J anime. <laughs> and you, you know, it cracks me up that uh, people. I learned that people in Japan uh, watching American cartoons bitch about uh, Japanese dubs over there. 
So they, they do. Oh, it that's too. great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, the most famous one I've ever heard was about King of the Hill, where the three guys were going down and going down like on a bus or a train, and it's like one of them is like, "Dude, you know the the dub for it's so good." It's like, no, you have to watch it in the or the original <laughs> English. English. <laughs> I'm just like, and it was from one of my friends who had who was visiting there who actually heard this conversation and I started laughing. It's like, so apparently they, you know, the dub versus sub there is just as big as dub versus sub here. It's just That's in reverse. Amazing. The one that I heard that cracked me up was when they did the Simpsons movie, they cast like Japanese celebrities to do the dub instead of the normal voices. And people got upset about that. Mm -hmm. And that's how I learned that Homer Simpson's voice in Japanese is also the Darth Vader dub. So I get annoyed by that here with DC films, because when they do like the instead of the cartoon DC series, when they do a movie, they like specifically go out of the way sometimes to get like famous names because they have the budget to do something special. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. these people already have voices. Stop it. <laughs> or or um, actually same with the live action. Cause they had the guy who, you know, they have the arrow in all oh. the TV shows. And I don't even know if the CW stuff is connected to the cinematic DC stuff. It's such a mess over there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, I mean, the guy who does the Arrow in the TV show also does the voice acting of the Arrow in like the Injustice games, mm-hmm. and they hire a completely different actor to play him in the and play the Arrow in the movie. So, Chris, you, you're very much Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill as Batman. Well, I mean, Joker. I would have been, but Kevin Conroy died. Yeah, so I yeah. Can't. Just, just I know. I think he was like he needed to stop anyway. Um. Oh, I guess, no, he just did that one game, so maybe yeah, he, he didn't he, need to. he just did, like, a, a game or another animated thing right before he passed away, yeah. I don't understand what's up with them, the DC casting and the animated stuff, so, because they did, like, this DC uh, cinematic animated universe, which I think has run its course now, but they didn't have Kevin Conroy for all those, and I don't know why, since if he was working, like, you should have got him, but all right, whatever. I guess it's just because I'm a nerd. I mean, that being, you know, I was pretty much Mark Hamill, Joker, uh, all the way around, too. Um, and then I watched Harley Kirk Quinn and heard Alan Tudyk as the Joker. And he does a pretty he, – he puts his own spin on it, but still kind of has the manic energy of Mark Hamill. And to, to, to truth be told, the voice casting in that whole series is just excellent. I, I don't know if you've watched Harley Quinn yet, Chris. Um, I've watched the first episode. I thought it was funny. Anna was like, I don't want to watch this because I oh. think it was too gross for her. I was pleasantly surprised at how well Kaylee Kelly Kuko did in it. Yeah. Um, Who? Uh, the, the chick from Big Bang Big Theory. Bang Theory. Penny from Big Bang Theory is Harley Quinn. Oh, it's not even Tara. No. I, they, they've moved on the Harley voice so many times now. Right. I, I couldn't deal with Twilight Sparkle being Harley Quinn. It, it sounded it was... just like the other lady, though. Oh, Arlene Sorkin? Yeah. They sounded the same. Like, oh. she did a perfect Arlene Sorkin impression, I thought. All I heard was Twilight Sparkle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I was also very heavily into Pony back then, so who knows if I had Pony pony bias. Pony on the brain. <laughs> Um, 
How did we get talking about DC voice stuff again? Anime. Anime, right. Anime, anime. yeah. Double-like <laughs> aspects the- where I was going to wrangle it back a bit to uh, gaming and mention the David Hayter turning into was Kiefer Sutherland, I think, did it. And um, <sighs> Metal Gear Solid Five. I'm sure we're going to see stuff like that in future games, too. So. You know whose fault that is. Uh, in this case. Konami. Uh, I believe it was straight up Mr. Um, what's his face? Uh, Kojima, because he's a big fan of Kiefer. Hey, which Kiefer, is... Kiefer Sutherland has one of the best dubs in an anime that I've ever watched. Which um, one? Which is Armitage the Third, Polymatrix. He's like literally. That's weird. Okay. Yeah, he what's... and Elizabeth Berkeley. What's funny about Kiefer Sutherland is that I've always wanted him to, well, when he was younger, I wanted him to play uh, a solid snake in like in in a Metal Gear Solid movie, but now (laughs) I think he's too old. I I would want David Hayter to do it. What's wrong with me? Is that wrong of me? Should I not want David Hayter to do it? That's a good question. I don't know the answer. All I know is that at some point I need to play Valkyrie Profile 2 so that I can hear Liam O'Brien as the villain in that. Mm-hmm. Which which, which is bringing it back to gaming because I finished Valkyrie Profile 1 this week. Yay! Um, one, I forgot how sad that real ending is. Well, kind of bittersweet that real ending is. And two, I forgot how hard those final three bosses were. We, and how, we warned you during Backtrack. Yeah. Oh, I know you did. Um... Blood bait sucks ass. Um, it was pretty much just like, okay, well, I hope guts and auto item union plume gets me through this because, uh, oh, and also the re- the rewind function on the PSN version is also what got me through some of those fights, um, manipulating the RNG. But yeah, uh, that game has a difficulty spike at the end. Oh, I, I had also screwed up because I accidentally went through to the B ending thinking that I would go through the Frost Giant Palace and then it would switch to like the A ending path. And Oops. next thing I know, I'm beating a boss and it's rolling credits. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is not the right ending. Oh, I I was supposed to go to a completely separate place to trigger the A ending. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm happy that I finished that backtrack. I'm trying to get Valkyrie Profile 2 running on my Steam Deck, but for some reason, that, that first town is just so graphically complicated that it chugs. Um, so now I'm trying to decide, well, do I want to try to play this on my Steam Deck, or should I just dig out the PS2? Conundrum. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, how hard would it be to get the PS2? Is the question. Oh, it, it, it's not hard. I'm just too spoiled on things like uh, being able to suspend the game mm-hmm. in the middle of a without having to save. And I ha- luckily I have a wireless controller for my PS2, but um, it, it just like those dumb little things in modern consoles that I'm so used to now that it's hard to go back. Yeah, makes me wonder how many games I would actually want to go back to the like original consoles to play on, or is it yeah. all just wanting uh, modern stuff? Yeah, that th- that's why I kind of like it. Well, 
I, I kind of like it when they uh, do like Game Pass type stuff where they just put old stuff on newer consoles. But mm-hmm. that that's kind of a big ask. If if, they, if they're ever going to do a Valkyrie Profile Two thing, they're going to you know throw the ISO on PSN and charge forty bucks for it. Or yeah. or they'll just make a uh, remake of it like they did with the first one. Um, th- that's well. Are you talking about Valkyrie Profile Lineth or? What they put yeah. on PSN, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Um, it's it's not, not exactly. Okay. All they did was basically port the 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 Japanese PlayStation one. That's really all they did. Mm. And change the cutscenes to animate or to CGI. CGI instead of animated. Although they did I'm, add some cutscenes, which I'm told was a downgrade. Um. But yeah, I finished that. I also finished all of the main quests in Theater Rhythm, which that that was uh, quite a bit of a time sink. Um, I can't remember the... Well, one of the songs that I grinded on a lot was a remix of Genova's theme. So it was very much like, why do I keep having this get stuck in my head? Oh, because I, I played that map like 20 times in a day. To try and grind up levels on my characters as well as uh, farm for items. Um, but all, all of the main quests are finished now. Now I'm trying to go through the songs and um, get perfect chains and uh, get triple S rank on all of them. And then I feel like I'll be done. Are um, there any th- of those that are co- uh, causing you difficulties yet? Uh, a couple of remixes of Battle on the Big Bridge. They have multiple um, remixes? Yeah. Oh, there, there's multiple versions of that song in this game, Chris. Wow. There, there's the original game. Um, it was used as boss or uh, character theme in Chocobo Tale or not Chocobo Tales, Chocobo Mystery Dungeon. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry. That's Man with the Machine Gun. Um, do, 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 do. Put it this way, a lot of the more popular songs from the series have remixes in theater rhythm. Um, Still think one of the best stories I have ever heard about remixes is one of the Street Fighter 2 editions actually used nothing but remixes that were created by people who posted on ocremix.org. Now there's a name I haven't heard in a long time. They're still around. Oh yeah, yeah, DJ Pretzel still runs the site. See, I thought that they had mostly moved to YouTube. No, they just post there as well. They know oh, that's where okay. people watch things or get their music now. I see. Um, so, so yeah, I'm I'm still playing more theater rhythm. Oh yeah, that reminds me. So I upgraded to an OLED switch this week. Um, well, I I bought the OLED last week because uh, I I wanted to get that Pokemon edition as uh, Scarlet and Violet are my two favorite colors, and I just really liked how cool that Switch looked. And well, I'm just trying to get the thing in town was already a nightmare this week because a lot of UPS was delayed um, because of inclement weather. So it's supposed to get here Wednesday, and it didn't get here until yesterday. And it just so happened that Vaughn and I happened to be out of town yesterday. So I'm freaking out, wondering if you know this $400 system after taxes is going to sit on my porch for all, all day. So I go to UPS, and you can leave delivery. You can leave delivery instructions, but you can't be specific. 
So it's like, okay, just leave it on the side door. Well, we drive up and it, it's like sitting right there on the front porch. So they didn't even do get that right. But luckily my OLED didn't get stolen or anything. So I, I set it up yesterday. And have, have any, either of you tried to up to transfer stuff to a new switch? Yes. Uh, oh, I think yeah. my wife did it. I did not. I, I find it incredibly annoying that – well, let, let me take that back. It's great that you can transfer all your save stuff. It is annoying to have to re-download everything. And when it transfers your save stuff, it doesn't transfer your settings. So, you know, I had all of my games kind of grouped into folders uh, by, by, like, genre and stuff, and I'm having to redo all of that. Um, gosh, what else? Yeah, having having to re-download everything is annoying. Um, having to use a completely separate app to get my Animal Crossing Island from one Switch to another to the other. Why is Nintendo so possessive about those these Animal Crossing Islands? Yeah, I don't understand the mentality behind that. And and a single and a tech. I mean, is it a single player game? You know, in a non-MMO game with absolutely no economy. Oh, there's economy. Yeah, kind of. I mean, you can, you can, I mean, haven't you seen those videos of people doing, like, events on their island for a bunch of streamers? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen the stuff. It's just how paranoid they are. You know, finding out that if you somehow screw that, screw that up. I mean, you could still back up your island on the internet, but you have to call Nintendo to have them release your island so that you can transfer it to another system. It's like, guys, oh, it's, that's just, it's just an Animal Crossing island. <laughs> that sounds absolutely <laughs> horrid. Am I taking crazy pills or what? I find it annoying. Um, but luckily, I still had still have my switch or my other switch, so I got that all transferred over. And oh my god, the OLED is so beautiful, guys! It is, isn't it? You know, just booting up uh, Theater Rhythm, a game that I have stared at for more than two hundred hours now, and seeing just how clear the the little triggers are now is is like a night and day. Um, I am so happy I upgraded despite all of the annoyances because I, I love how clear the game looks or just how clear games look. I can't wait to play something that's a little bit more graphical intensive like uh, Breath of the Wild or I don't know. What, what would you consider pushing the graphical limits on a on a Switch? Uh, Everything? Yeah. Just, just yeah. Well, The Witcher, they did a good job porting, so you know, okay. there are other ones that they didn't. Um, and we'll have a story about this later, but I also booted up Scarlet and Violet again to catch those two special all Pokemon. Right, here we go, here released. we go. Worst Switch ports of all time, Kelly. Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Oh, that was a bad port at first. They had to patch it a lot. Yeah. The Outer Worlds. Minecraft? <laughs> what? Uh, oh, load times is the problem with Minecraft, apparently. Oh, yeah. Blair Witch, mainlining. I haven't even heard of that. Pillars of Eternity. Oh, that's sad. WWE 2K18. Wasn't that the bad one that 
sucked everywhere. It was a Metacritic of 35. Yeah. yeah. Out of 100. That, that, was not, that was not just a Switch issue. That was a game issue. FIFA Legacy Editions and number one, Ark Survival Evolved. <laughs> I can see that. That makes sense. I can see that, yeah. All right, so let's, here's another list. Let's see. Cross-reference a couple of these. Sonic Colors Ultimate apparently had some issues. Um, Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, ba 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 We already that those those the payday two, and yeah. I just got payday two. WWE two K eighteen number two on this list and arc number one. Okay, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> those two are real bad apparently. They 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 were not good games. <laughs> so, speaking of Switch stuff, I had recently found out through a friend of mine that dealt with it that apparently I've had uh, Joy-Con drift for like a year and a half now. Yep. And I'm like, oh, I thought it was a lot worse than this. It's been manageable. And it's like, <laughs> no, you're, it's not supposed to do that still. <laughs> you just... my, my, mine is really bad. My, my Joy-Con drift is really, really bad. I I don't notice it unless I'm playing something really twitchy. Yeah, so um, I, I can open up a stage in Kirby uh, Forgotten Lands. And Kirby will just start wandering to the left on his own. <laughs> yeah, I probably should have realized it when I had played a uh, uh, action RPG called Fallen Angel last year, and I just kept wanting to go into the upper left corner. The character just kept moving. See, I I you typically play with the hoary split pads on my Switch. Um, so the issue that I have is that all of a sudden it'll just not recognize the left Hori pad for whatever reason, like the connection isn't being good enough. And it'll mm-hmm. ju- it just keeps griping at me to connect to joy- the Joy-Con correctly. And it's like, it is plugged in. You're just not reading it. Um, I screwed up a couple of good theater rhythm run songs uh, dealing with that. So I don't know. Um, I, I guess this that set of Joy Cons that have come with the newer Switch is the third set of Joy Cons I own. So we'll see how quickly they drift or if they've actually fixed the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, how long have you had an OLED? Uh, like over a year at this point. We got them when they came out. Okay. Have any have have you had any issues so far with the drift? Uh, not on the OLED yet. Okay. The, they did not fix it though. Like that's confirmed. It is not fixed. So. It is still a a thing on the OLEDs. Yeah. Okay. But um, I I caught those two special Pokemon. Uh, They were a nightmare to catch, partially because of internet connectivity issues and partially because they... The special Pokemon are what? um, Oh, we have a news story about this later. There was a Pokemon Direct... And oh, they, they added two new Paradox Pokemons. Yeah, um, Walking Wake and Iron Leaves. So one one of them is based off of Suicune, and one of them is based off of... Viv- it's from Generation 5. I don't have the old Generation 5 ones memorized. Vizalon or something. And they're pains in the ass to catch because they have high attack power and they hit like trucks and... Um, on top of that, with internet connectivity issues, it's like, I haven't moved for 20 minutes. What's going on? Oh, uh, lag. And I'm out of the raid. 
So what I what I ended <laughs> up doing, and here's your pro tip for catching these two, because I think they're available until March eighth. Or no, wait, we have the story. How long are they available? I don't see. Oh, um, they're available until March twelfth. Uh, so so my advice is to uh bring in a Pokemon that has a lot of moves moves that can either reduce attack power and actually yeah, reduce attack power, reduce accuracy, or make it so that it can only use physical moves on both of them. Because otherwise they're just going to pump up their attack power and one-shot you. And the more you get one-shot, the more the timer goes down in the raid and you get kicked out. Um, and the Iron Leaf is a hundred times harder than the Walking Wake, I found. Because I, I caught the Walking Wake after two tries, and I think it was like ten tries after uh, or to catch Iron Leaf. So your mileage may vary, but I've, I've got two brand new Pokemon, so yay. I, I don't understand why you can only catch one one of them per game, though. Seems like an odd limitation. But... Yeah. Like, especially for people that, I don't know, like to shiny hunt. Yeah. You, you would think that, you know, maybe the limit could be two. Because it, <laughs> it, even, it even warns you, like, if you try to go into the raid again, like, warning, you cannot catch another one. Do you still want to do the raid? Mm. So, yeah, that's weird. Does but that mean there are people just sitting there waiting to see a shiny one then? Because you can only get one? I imagine um, so. You know, I'm not on those discords anymore. I was at the point. There were lots of coordinated discord farming servers for this game <laughs> where people would farm up the proper raids to get. Uh, it is possible there are no shinies as well. Mm. But uh, if it is possible, then I guarantee you people are organizing and, and, and doing just that. <laughs> are not, um, some Pokemon just not eligible to be shiny? I'm trying to think of another one that I can say for sure. I think it's not that some Pokemon can't be shiny. I think it's sometimes that like raid Pokemon can't be shiny. Okay. But that makes sense. I don't know for sure here. So uh, I, uh, well, I, I defer to an expert who is not me at the moment. <laughs> I don't shiny hunt. So I, I've got my two dudes and I'm perfectly okay. <laughs> uh, for what I've played of the Pokemon franchise, I've still never actually seen a shiny in one of my games. So, <gasps> oh, you should play these. <laughs> they show up all the time because the way spawns work. So, I don't know if they nerfed it though. Oh, did they nerf? You think they nerfed it? Okay. I I, I could have sworn I I read an uh, article on Silicon Air saying that they were working on a patch that would lower it some. Why? But. Because you can see Pokemon on the field, it's still you're still more likely to see a shiny than you ever were in the other games. Okay. Um, whether or not you'll be able to catch it, because you can visibly tell the difference between a shiny and a normal one on some of those guys, is the jury's still out on that. But and some, well, I mean, some of them like uh, I think I shared the mouse where it's like so like hard to tell the difference between the shiny and the non-shiny mm-hmm. that that mouse the, is that the mouse that uh, its evolution is other mice yes yeah 
it must be fun people trying to shiny hunt that one and try to get one that has uh, four mice in the family. Because that's some double RNG for you. But yeah, that, that's my what, what I've been playing. I don't know what you guys have been playing. Well, on uh, my end, I had finished up uh, 8-Bit Adventures 2 over the end of last week there. So got everything all uh, organized on there. Uh, story itself just keeps getting, in my mind, better. Everything gets tied up, uh, wraps up loose ends very easily. Um, the uh, Every character has a side quest uh, that helps tie up any things that don't follow the main story itself. Uh, the, the, each side quest goes through a dungeon that looks or has unique enemies in it and looks different than any of the main ones so there's a lot of effort that was put into that side even uh characters themselves never stopped being swapped in and out like because you have the option to swap during combat and unless your character is stunned so you can be have you can have one health be poisoned and none of that gets affected if you swap them out so there's always a reason to which stretches out the gameplay a long way um uh, a lot of places to just have fun exploring and each dungeon you go into has uh something entertaining because uh, it bl- the game blends sci-fi and uh, fantasy elements so you'll have enemies of uh like a, a band that plays instruments that if you leave them all on the field together will combine and do an attack to you while you have another dungeon where you fight a enemy called what a croc and what a croc uh, will just keep telling you hey don't attack me something good will happen if you don't and if you don't attack it he just starts hitting you and goes haha croc (laughs) (laughs) that's great yep and it's just a, a lot of little things like that that just always, always makes uh, made me smile anyway. And uh, being that invested into the characters was a lot of fun to play. It is slightly on the longer side at like 30, 40 hours, but highly recommended to anyone that likes old uh, school JRPG type stuff. And uh, after that, I moved on to uh, for upcoming backtrack. We're doing. I uh, started playing Fuga Melodies of Steel. I've never played before. Oh, have you stuffed any kids in the cannons yet? I have not, but the game is a bit harder than expected. I'm only on chapter four right now. Uh, but part of the reason that it's harder than I expected could be because I'm going down each of the hard routes because the game oh. gives you options of like easy or normal. And I'm like, I'm going to go difficult. And then I make it to the final boss of the chapter and I go, how did anyone like it's they're very difficult. I the first time through, I took a lot of the really easy paths and used a lot of those resources to level up my character. So then by the time I got to New Game Plus, where I was trying to get some of the better endings, um, I could do those harder paths and then end up ended up maxing out everybody and uh, uh, just by pretty much being able to dominate the game. Um, as far as your first time through, I mean, it, if you play smartly, you can get through the entire game without having to cannon a kid. 
It, it's just a matter of the resource management. About having a can and a kid. <laughs> I'm starting to think of who, who the kid would be if I had to, but I'm trying not to. Uh, you got to pick right your favorites. Prioritizing uh, making links with everyone, which may or may not be a good thing, just so I can have the link attacks available, so I can mix and match as I need to throughout uh, fights. Uh, On each intermission, obviously, I'm harvesting. I'm doing uh, runes explorations at this time as well. Uh, One of the reasons I was picking the harder paths is because usually they had more of treasure drops so i figured that going those ways to get the better treasure would allow me to improve my uh tank quicker yeah it can Uh, all of them are starting to be at least somewhat useful and adorable so i'm definitely not looking forward to possibly having to cannon again um but yeah, making your friendship links is is pretty important. Um, really make sure that you make friends with the last person you recruit if you're trying to go for one of the better endings. So far, uh, each character that I've gotten, like the twins you get in Chapter 2 are probably my least favorite or memorable type characters, but I just got uh, Sheena, who I found out was a healer as well. I'm like, this is best character right now. So as long as I keep doing something like that, it'll make it easy for me to want to uh, learn more about the characters. But we'll see what the character that I recruit last sounds like or acts yeah. like. Yeah, I'm just saying that you, you'll see why when you meet him. I'll, I'll okay. put it that way. The, you know, friendship is magic and all of that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Shana and the other girl cat is are two of the more useful characters because of their healing capabilities. Yeah. Um, I used Baron a lot, the the big old fat cat. Yeah. Um, just because he he could you know dish out some pain, especially when you get some of the ultimate abilities later in the game. Mm. Um, really, I feel like every single character in that game is useful in some way, either as a support or as a uh, main shooter. Um, you really can't experiment a lot with with your loadouts and stuff. So, um, <laughs> I'm curious to see what you're going to think about it when you get through it all. I'll uh, so I'm making my way through, and uh, yeah. I'll... So far, so good. Um, right now, the only character I've had any difficulty trying to integrate is uh, one of the twins. I think his name's Hack. Oh, yeah. And it just seems like, well, first, I uh, he was the only one I wasn't able to get a uh, link skill for. And I guess I didn't realize that I had to unlock with his uh, sister there. So he had no one to link with. And his skills seemed like worse versions of socks. So I just never really got a chance to use them. But I've realized in games like this, usually having everyone be alive, friendly and useful is a good thing. So I'm still finding a way to like, okay, focus on building him up this time kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, good. I uh, can't wait to do that backtrack. 
yeah. with you. I I wonder if I need to put in a or try to work in a replay of that game before uh, the new one comes out. Just to refresh my memory, because it's it's been a couple of years since I've mm-hmm. I played through, through that all the way through. I don't know. We'll have to see. But but awesome. Yeah. Uh, depends on how well your memory can work for that kind of stuff. Sometimes, like I beat Eight Bit Adventure two earlier this week, and there are certain characters where I had to look up again to be like, what was their name? <laughs> so. Hey, I that's th- how I f- feel about Fire Emblem. Yeah. Engage that. I just finished. Like, who are you again? (laughs) Kelly. What? Well, I mean, some of the characters in that game are pretty forgettable, Chris. (laughs) Especially if they don't show up in a cutscene. Yeah. Um, Was that all you played? Yeah, that that was uh, it so far for this this week anyway. Or th- those two games. I'm hoping to get a bit more into Fuga over the uh, rest of the weekend here. Cool. Um, what about you, Tim? Uh, I have been playing Octopath Traveler two. Um, I, I I put it down the other day on the Thursday just because I got to the chapter two boss for the warrior and uh it t- totally kicked my butt i i was like it, it was like one-shotting some of my characters and i'm like of levels so I, the the level cap that it's like recommending for some of these chapters and the actual level you should be i don't think match up as well as they did in the first game like story-wise I, like story-wise i think like all the stuff they've improved, the the adding in the boat travel that you can do, um, the characters, the change of skills, like all the stuff they added is great. But I think they expect they didn't do like the level, they didn't sync the chapters levels to what like you should be a higher level for those chapters than what the game is telling you you should be for your characters. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, because, like, I have all my characters, um, like, the second chapter for the warrior is recommending you be, like, level 15. I have all my characters, like, 16 to 19. And that that boss was, was like, does a sweep attack and was one-shotting two of my characters. Like, outright. So I don't... So, but other than that, I mean, the game is gorgeous. The game, the music is wonderful. I mean, I I'm really enjoying Octopath Traveler two quite a bit. So, but I lo- I love going around stealing from everybody and their mom. <laughs> See, I only stole in the first game if I knew I could get away with it. Oh no, I I will do it like fifty five and up. I will give it a shot. See, since I hadn't played the game, the funny part is I kind of just pictured that as age. That you're only stealing from old people. <laughs> 55 no, and up, they can't chase you down, I'm good. <laughs> no, it's actually uh, it's a percentage chance of uh, how likely you can steal. And the higher your, the character's levels that do that, um, the better the chances. Um, 
You also have a character who can just be like, here's money, give it to me. <laughs> you know, so that you can pay for the items that you can steal, too. I just rather steal because you get it for free. <laughs> Yep. And sometimes that's a really good way of getting some really good weapons early on is have a, a you know, steal it. But yeah, I definitely don't agree that the levels, the recommended levels for some of the quests do not match the bosses. But again, everything they added, the, the travel, the graphics look great, the music is beautiful just it it's a really great game like besides those those minor frustrating bits which so and the character the character stories uh definitely lended to more a little darker in this one overall um so and then like the first game was not like necessarily all sunshines and roses mind you but uh like, you know, one of the characters starts off as a, dan- you know, the dancer in the first game. She started off in basically what was considered a brothel. Mm-hmm. And she and it was implied that she was uh, used for various activities. Mm-hmm. So, um, but in in this game, the, the, the thief in chapter one, you're stealing clothes from a, from a worker of a brothel to go infiltrated dude's house who is known for hiring such people so the rated r version of don corneo Hmm. yeah for the leveling aspects uh part of me wonders if the recommended level is a bit lower like that because uh like does it take a long time to grind to like gain extra levels yes so they might be trying to say how the game, like, it's not that long, we swear. Yeah, no, I think I think Platty, uh, who's our reviewer on it, has said, and he's completed it, said he's somewhere, or has hinted that he's somewhere between like 80 and 100 hours on the game. And that's him kind of speedrunning it for the review, isn't he? Yeah, I think, so... Well, some of it, too, um, he did get a little bit lost. But um, so besides Octopath Traveler 2, now, don't get me wrong. That is a really good game. It is it is definitely uh, deserving of the praise it's getting. It's it's really good music, the stories, everything. I, I That is my like my only gripe is uh, um, is that whole leveling aspect. But like everything else has been just great. I love the skills, the changes to the skills. The class systems, the jobs, the character designs, just and they they definitely what they did increase in the game was definitely big. Um, so I've been playing, of course, uh, Relayer still. Uh, I'm very far into this. Uh, this was uh, SRPG uh, made by Katakawa Games um, before uh, before they split off to form uh, their own game, Drogami Games, and uh, I've I've really been enjoying it. It's it's I it's it's as I've always said. It's not the a perfect game, but it's been lots of fun. In fact, um, one of Scar's friends actually caught, caught either part of a stream or went back and watched one of our vods of it, and let me know that he actually bought it because it looked really fun. So I I really feel this game just went under a lot of people's radar. In fact, um, I was curious and I checked out because uh, no one on RP Gamer played it, from what I understand. No one had actually played it. So we have no review. All we have is the um, 
the uh, like release information for it. So I went and looked up uh, RPG Fan, and they gave it actually a really uh, good score of like an 80 on their metrics. So oh. I'm, and so I would I would say it's like a three on our metrics like a 3.5. If um, either a oh. 3.5 or a uh, yeah, part of that 3.5 is definitely where I would sit it, and it's. I've been just really enjoying it. Story's fun. The voice acting's pretty good. There are some issues with the sound effects. Um, I've, there's um, submachine gun sounds that are very grating. And then um, I've also had some instances where the voice acting has been lower than other voice uh, other sounds in the game at the time, which is an audio issue. Not because it it's one of the main voice actors you hear throughout the entire game. Um, I've had, I've seen a couple uh, minor spelling issues. Uh, a good example is like Isle, where it was spelled I apostrophe L L L. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's so. Is it a perfect game? No, but I, as I said, I've just had a lot of fun. It's an SR, mecha SRPG. The mech designs are really clean. Um, com- combat is fast, like. If you play Super Robot Wars and you're uh, not if um, if you're playing Super Robot Wars and you're not skipping animations and skipping turns, the battles still take like 20 to 30 minutes. The longest battle I've had in this game, and I'm really late in the game, I'm like chapter seven of nine has been 15 minutes. Damn. Don't do Star Trek so, references. I was literally thinking it too. <laughs> Trying well, to I think mean, of uh, other Mecha SRPGs to, uh, mentally compared to here, and from the sounds of it, it uh, is a lot crisper and faster than like a Front Mission or Vanguard Bandits. Then, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. The the animations are like because you can't skip the battle animations. But they're they're fast enough that it almost doesn't matter. So I've so it's been it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, the you know it doesn't have so I'm I'm actually going to uh, I've I was mentioned this uh, to a couple of people. I'm actually going to try and write my first review for the site on Relayer. Oh, cool! There you go. So, Good luck. <laughs> yeah. So and but. Like other than those two games and and the gotcha games I've been playing, I've really not been playing anything else because all I've wanted to play for the last several months has been Relayer, and since I'm streaming it, I don't want to play it in my off time. I've actually, um, in fact, I'm about twenty five ish hours into the game. I'm playing it on easy, and all that time has just been from me streaming it. Huh. So with that in mind, then does that mean they're like because uh, for a lot of games uh, that I see streaming in that, you'll have people that will go off stream to grind for levels or do ex- uh, optional content. Does Relayer, uh, is it more linear then? or? Um, it does actually have a- optional content. Uh, there's a battle simulator where you can actually go in and fight uh, battles you've already won to like grind levels and job points because uh, it, uh, it has a class system. It has mecha... Um, modification systems you can modify your weapons you can of course buy weapons and then try and enhance them i mean there's there's a lot of stuff in this game 
Hmm. Uh, there's side story content. There's some side stories with the characters on board the ship. Uh, so, but every, and everything I've done has been in game. So this is um, again, I'm playing it on easy. I'm like 25 hours in. I'd say it's easily. Um, the writing generally is actually very good. Um, I've ran into, I think, four issues where spelling was an issue. Like, as I commented earlier, I'll, where it was I apostrophe LLL. Um, I also had about, I think, two. I've seen two sentences where they were just phrased really weird. Like, it had all the right words. It's just the arrangement of the words made it sound weird when it was read aloud. But the writings, I mean, seven chapters in, seven chapters in, and the writing still holds up fairly well. All of the main, all of, all of the main story is voice acted, one hundred percent. So, um, I've have had issues because I'm using the auto uh, advance for this the story, where it'll skip some of the conversation bo- boxes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, wait, what? <laughs> so that's been a little bit of an issue. Um, and then I've had one instance where um, one one phrase box was on the screen and they said something, but it didn't match. And then for that character, the next, um, which was two boxes later, it was the one they read earlier. So they ended yeah, up. Yeah, you, you told us this one last week. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or last time I was on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, I'm also responding to Chaos, who's as- kind of asking this in the chat, too about the writing so uh actually he's making fun of you for saying writing a lot okay well i will write as much as i want that's to write. right that's what you should do <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah no i i've again just i've been i i do tend to ramble uh by my adhd i apologize so yeah. but uh i don't mind yeah no those, those are really all i've been playing cool, cool. beans oh, i hope it sticks the landing for you there uh uh, for a relayer, because to be that interested and invested, and then endings sometimes they can just uh, make or break a game. That is yeah. that is true. I I I um because I did look at the achievement list. I already know who the last boss is, and they've been kind of setting it up from the very beginning. But the plot has actually had a lot of twists and turns, and there is some dark stuff in this game, like. Uh, yeah, there's some very dark story elements in the game. Guys, it's so dark. <laughs> oh, Diablo 4. Cool. <laughs> so, are we, are we ready to get into feedback? Yeah, let's do it. Our question of the week last week is, what are you looking forward to the most from the Pokemon Direct? Um, didn't really have a whole lot of answers, I think, because uh, it happened so quickly. Um, from Shaman, I hope that by this t- I'm hoping that by the time of this being read on the podcast, we have a date for the annual Pokemon Home update so that I can upload new Pokemon into it. They said that they're updating it. Uh, Shaman, but they did not no dates, give an actual right? date. Yeah. Yeah, because <sighs> yeah, I, I was like, I looked, I was trying to see if there was a date, and it's like, nope. Uh, it's it's just coming soon. Trademark. Um, from Strawberry Eggs, well, it's well past the Pokemon Presents 
um, that I got what I wanted, confirmation of DLC uh, that looks more substantive than Sword and Shields, an update to Pokemon Home, and an update to Pokemon Home before the DLC is released. Yeah, we've got a new story on that where we'll elaborate a little bit more. And then from, uh, how, how do you, I think I say this every week, Baldicade. Baldicade, Baldicade, okay. Um, Chris, the, does the guy playing MMOs with ancient mechanics really have to like to stand on and criticizing the guy who likes vinyl? Oh, fired! Fair enough. I've been put in my place. <laughs> um, that's all of our f- feedback. Now, um, I don't have a question of the of week yet because I had a discussion that I wanted to bring up before we got into the news proper. So. Um, Yoshi P did an interview. This, well, let me let me back that up. There was um, a lot of news about Final Fantasy 16 this week because a lot of uh, reviewers got to play it, and of course there was discourse about whether or not it was a real Final Fantasy game uh, because it, it play, apparently plays a little bit different than tr- traditional Final Fantasy. Well, it's I mean, very they action. Have the guy, yeah, they they have the guy who created the Devil May Five. Devil May Five, Devil May Cry Five combat system, doing the combat for it. I I would expect it to play differently. <laughs> yeah, but it, it came out that uh, Yoshi P, the producer of this particular game, doesn't like the term J or didn't like the term JRPG. Um, basically saying that it felt like it was being used as kind of a put down for West for Eastern developers, and that a lot of them felt that way. And I've course, never heard that before, that take. Um, well, I mean, it's been around for a while. And this this started a huge discussion on Twitter about whether or not, you know, people were being snowflakes about it. Um, for, for me personally, a lot of when I was in college, um, a lot of people used it around me because they didn't want, quote unquote, anime trash in their Dungeons and Dragons. Oof. Um, it was kind of, kind of being well for for my group of people it was used very homophobically mm-hmm. and very misogynistically um cuz they 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 didn't want gay people and women in their rpg spaces and i i thought it'd be an interesting discussion for the show because i don't know if you guys d- dealt with that experience or what i Usually, from my uh, end of things, usually JRPG versus Western RPG ends up being a JRPG can fit a whole lot more spectrums, while Western RPGs tend to be very, uh, here's your ensemble cast, it's very uh, dark, it's like basically Bioware stories. And that was the most of what anyone had talked about would be like Bioware or like Skyrim, uh, Elder Scrolls type stuff, where mm. when it's Elder Scrolls, it's debatable that people really paid attention to the story in that. Uh, at least in my circles, and from my point of view anyway, I don't see a term issue necessarily. Uh, I The way I feel is whether it ends up being a good final product or not, anything could be or should be used in a story like you want to create a story create the story if it's it has problematic aspects to it well 
it creates discussion, creates conversation, and uh, allows for all kinds of storytelling to be done. If you start taking away, well, you can't say this or can't do that in this genre or this type of story, then we start having very formulaic stories that by the end of it. Yeah, that that's a um, fair take. Um, I I mean, it just as far as the different styles, uh, I I was that's kind of the distinction between the, the Eastern and Western RPGs was um, Eastern RPGs focused more on story and characters, and Western RPGs focused more about on building characters and kind of getting that customization. And, and and you know th- th- using that as the distinction is absolutely fine and i think nowadays that is the distinction that a lot of people go for that it, the, the the term doesn't have quite the stigma that it used to um i i i think a lot of the stigma came during the uh ps3/xbox 360 era um be, be, because you know, Oblivion hit the Xbox 360 and just kind of took took off like a storm, and that was when gaming. I felt like gaming became a little bit more mainstream for adults, and it seemed like everybody wanted nothing but Oblivion for that that decade. And mm-hmm. then Final Fantasy 13 comes out. That's you know, kind of you know your traditional linear RPG experience, and people really kind of rallied against that so then you know for uh well i mean 14 was the mmo but then for 15 they really kind of made a point to make it a more open world experience and i don't know it seemed like there was a huge thing back then about eastern developers wanting to appeal more to western sensibilities and whether or not that was accomplished or not was uh up in the air, mm-hmm. at least I found. There was also a lot of weirdness going on about how uh, how Monster Hunter was super popular in Japan back then, and a lot of people were trying to chase that. And I, I could argue that Monster Hunter didn't get popular in the West until World came out. Well, uh, honestly, my take on that um, it has more to do with the fact that World was on PC. Well, and- yeah. And and that you know let's let's and a lot of the older Monster Hunters were portable game mm, systems mm-hmm. and that I think that played more to the to the popularity of World than just about anything was that it was yeah oh yeah not you know relegated to just a uh, portable device. Uh yeah I I just remember when I th- I think it was Lost Planet three came out that uh, Capcom was trying to make more of a Monster Hunter experience with that one and people did not like that mm. and I mean even, even I famously told told my husband you know don't ever let me get a Monster Hunter game again because I can't believe the series actually has fans <laughs> and then what uh I now, get I, I get it. And now you're the uh, master of the hunting horn. Yeah. Then I get addicted to Rise, and it's like, oh my god, this is the best series ever. <laughs> Vaughn's like, wait, you did? <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, man. <laughs> Clearly you had one job and didn't do it. <laughs> this is so fascinating. I'm going through like the comments on the video where this came up and all this. It's like... JRPG thing? Yeah, just... It's got a whole different connotation in Japan than I never never knew about. 
Yeah, no. And, and the history why, there, yeah. Yeah, and that's why I said, you know, part of his take is a cultural difference yeah. between Japan and, and and I got blasted on our Discord for saying that. Well, apparently, like, well, I'm trusting this this YouTube commenter of actually being who they say they are, a Japanese gamer who has a perspective of, you know, speaking the language and knowing the culture. But appara- according to him... You know, 15 years ago, JRPG's terms were used as games that were conservative and immature and didn't progress the genre. And now the take on that has changed, but that origin, that time in the culture, that influenced his feelings about the term, or his being Yoshi P's feelings about the term, because he lived through that, right? Um, Assuming this is true, like the idea is like he would have lived through a time where the term was used like that, and that's the connotations that he took from that term. And maybe he got the impression that the Westerners intended that with the term. Maybe it's just what got tagged along the way unfairly. Um, and like Moncapi in the chat, he's like, I use the term just as RPGs that were made in Japan. And I know people do that too. So it's so weird. It's like everything in language you have to, t- it's things mean different things to different people. And sometimes they're offensive. Sometimes they carry hidden baggage. Sometimes they carry real baggage and it's like, what's your intention? How does the person you're talking to perceive it? And what about you as a person conversing with this person? What do you want to communicate to this other person? Do you use the terms that you know they're going to cause them pain now that you know? Do you have to change? Do you want to change? Do you not want to change? Do you have to have a discussion so you can use the terms you're familiar with? Oh, it's so complicated. Being a human is hard. Can we just go back to playing games? And it's funny for me because, you know... A lot of people experiencing, well, it's just used as a a distinction of where it was developed. And then for me, specifically, it was used as a way to gatekeep. Mm -hmm. Because I I literally had a boyfriend tell me, uh, why don't you play real RPGs like Dungeons and Dragons? (laughs) Yeah. This is why he's an ex-boyfriend, I hope. Yeah, this is exactly why he's an (laughs) (laughs) ex-boyfriend. That sucks. Um. <laughs> and and you know I had felt I had felt this way for years about it and thought that I was just being overly sensitive about it because you know that's how I take I tend to take things very personally you know part of being neurodivergent and then find out that no Japanese developers have felt this way the whole time it's like yes I feel vindicated <laughs> it's not just me being sensitive there are people out there that also have the problem with this and probably had to deal with the same yeah. gatekeeping and racism and other stuff I don't know if it's racist but um, it's definitely exactly. a bunch of other issues in some, yeah in some circles it yeah. was it sure sure was. sure yeah I got oh right right you said some people who do yeah okay sorry yes then <laughs> yes it definitely would be racist okay um, yeah no yeah for me it's always been a genre of just like turn based story driven RPG but you know I'm yeah. happy to let that go if, like, that helps us move forward. Like, I, d- I don't need to use that term. Who cares? I'm, <laughs> it's just words describing a game genre. <laughs> I mean, I, and and even Yoshi P in the interview said he doesn't feel like the term had, has the baggage that it used to because, yeah, it's just people distinguishing. Yeah, but, um, you know, it's always going to trigger you a little bit, right? Sometimes. Uh, it depends on the context. Why, why really. is this? Okay, this video turned into an ad for a mobile phone i don't know what's going on <laughs> I, stop uh, this. <laughs> I am 
So, uh, YouTube, if the video is of certain length or whatnot, you'll have to put up with ads in the middle of it. No, I've got premium, yeah. so this is just their... This is the oh, embedded... This is the person... Yeah, it's yeah, it's sponsorship. Red Magic. What is that? It looks cool, but it's just a phone. Okay, cool. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> now, I'm, so, now I'm literally promoting this thing on our show. Why? Stop it, Chris. So I don't... I, I don't know how we want to turn this into a question of the week. I guess like have people have ever been crappy to you about your RPG taste or uh, I don't know. I don't stories. want to encourage debate over the term because I feel like the point of this was to understand other people's takes, not try and push your own. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it was a thought. I thought it'd be a mark for a good discussion, but I also know it could be marked for a lot of trolling and bad, bad behavior. So, uh, uh-huh. One aspect of it uh, that I'm not saying it helps the question of the week, but I'm thinking of here is a lot of it I, I'm inferring, but like, are, are they trying to say, or, or is anyone trying to say that there's not much place for turn-based uh, RPGs anymore because with less limitations turn-based just takes too like takes too long so we want things to be more dynamic and action-filled and progress things and move because we can do different things with how turn-based combat works but there isn't really too much of a crazy way to take turn-based anymore oh i i think that the turn-based has its place um in the modern times i mean otherwise we wouldn't have octopath mm-hmm. Um, at, at the same time, you know, a lot of people were complaining that Final Fantasy isn't Final Fantasy anymore, and it was like, well, no, they they really, for the, I mean, for the entire time that Final Fantasy has been around, they've used that game as a way to experiment, yeah. and yep. turn turn based is pretty much relegated to bravely default and Octopath now, and I, personally, I'm okay with that. And, 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 oh, all the indies yeah. too, though. Like, there's there's so much room for all this stuff, and it's like, mm-hmm. I, and I think there's people making great turn-based and, act, uh, RPGs. Like, well, yeah. it, it's funny you bring up Dragon Quest Ten because I literally said in that thread, if if I wanted to play the same thing over and over again, I'd play Dragon Quest, and I meant that with a lot of love because I mean, Dragon Quest has pretty much stayed the same since Dragon Quest. You Although know. they're looking to do some innovation with the uh, yeah, it needs well. some. <laughs> it, it, oh no, there's no denying it. It needs a shake up a little bit. But remember, they tried that with nine, and people got pissed. They did because they didn't. It was a good game. It's just eh, not you good enough. You want to know why? Yeah. You want to know why the encounter rate was so high at nine? Because it was supposed to be an action RPG. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't do nine. Like eleven, <laughs> but like just take go further, figure out. Oh. Oh. For, from yeah. Moncappy, I think turn-based combat can be dynamic. Look at the presentation of turn-based combat in Yakuza Like a Dragon. The game has turn-based combat, but the combatants are constantly moving around, and the battle shifts around the immediate area, which makes it feel dynamic it, in a way. There is a camera mode like that in Dragon Quest Eleven. It's not good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that can be our question of the week. Um, how would you improve turn-based combat? Yeah, how would know. traditional turn-based story-driven? RPG. I'm trying not to say JRPG so hard. It's so hard for me not to say it. How would you improve that genre? <laughs> yeah, just 
No, something else. It's it's so hard to be. I I keep thinking broad, and it's so hard to come up with something where people aren't just going to reinvent the wheel. Make them all like Grandia says chaos. Yeah, there you go. That was exactly what I was <laughs> like. We did. Up. We they they did progress. They turned into action RPGs and Grandias and Persona and Xenoblades. Those are the progressions. That's where you go. It happened. <laughs> and also, you bring up Xenoblade. That was the other reason why I wanted to bring this up on the show because we uh, our big gamer gets accused a lot of being very Eastern biased. Uh, the, that's why the genre, 3. the genres that 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 those that developers from those regions tend to make are what speak to our staff. <laughs> I'm trying to yeah. say it as generically as I can. I mean, there's a reason <laughs> why. You know what? I'll, know, I'll, I'll I'll after after cast today, I'll stream Mass Effect. I don't there know. you go. Yeah. Oh, I'm just saying. There's there's a, which is funny because you know. Dark Souls is a Japanese RPG, but there's a reason why Xenoblade was Game of the Year and not Elden Ring, because most of because, our staff... Re- because our staff was wrong, is why. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, Sorry. I loved both games very much, but... <laughs> It's Elden Ring. It's the better yeah. game. I'm sorry. It's the better game. What can I tell you? <laughs> you know what? Mine didn't even finish in the top three. So, oh, uh, what was yours? Live Alive is mine. Oh, yeah. You're not going to win that one. That's a re-release. No. They, yeah. they never get Game of the Years. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't. That's actually part of the thing is re-releases. Yes, but <laughs> remakes. Are not eligible. Live Alive was listed as a remake and still was listed for awards this year. So please, one of the ones that fit under the remake. In all seriousness, if you guys, if if you're listening and you get upset about Game of the Year decisions, all I can tell you is stop worrying about it because they're all BS. All Game of the Year decisions everywhere. They're all horribly awkward and weird decision-making matrices and trying to make a generic decision for an entire site. It's always going to have way more weird drawbacks to the process than you should have. It's not one person's opinion. It gets watered down or weirdly awkwardly chosen or weird voting systems. It's always going to be wrong and, and strange and just don't get attached to it. It doesn't mean that much, and and you can't let it mean that much to you. We're just trying to make a fun list and have a discussion. Nobody's saying your game's wrong or invalid, I, unless I your game actually, is White Knight. Story. I was actually rooting for, because uh, for Relayer to get uh, most under most underrated, only because I had been playing Relayer, and I'm like, this is really underrated because <laughs> it's very underrated. <laughs> I was just about to mention kind of along those lines uh, with with you mentioning Relayer is I find it almost more fun to play or find a game where I'm like, hey, this is really fun and almost have to convince people because they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've never heard of this game than it is to be like, hey, I played Elden Ring. It's pretty good. Like everyone knows what Elden Ring is. It's very popular. Everyone's seen it. If uh, I even know it's a really good game, but it's just not one I've had time to dive into yet. I find it uh, probably the easiest of the Souls to, games to attempt, but the only Souls or closest thing to a Souls like I played would have been Asteragos, which is a indie version of that kind of thing. And I'm like, I had a lot of fun with it, but 
it was oh, a man. three and a half out of five game that not many people are really going to go out of their way for. So it's yeah. S- sorry, I thought you were you had a pause there. I thought you were done. I j- I had to I had to laugh at Moncappy's comment since someone mentioned Elden Ring. I remember coming across a Twitter thread where someone claimed Elden Ring is not a JRPG, which really cheesed me off. <laughs> like, no, it's it's developed in Japan, guys. It's technically a Japanese RPG. It's with, whether or not. Gosh, the whole thing is just so crazy. The, you know, the the tropes and the things that could, that come with what people think of when they hear JRPG. Because the term you know, well, me obviously means more to different people and different groups than we thought it did, and so yeah. it doesn't just mean it because it's from Japan. It's a JRPG to some people and to other people. That's entirely all it could mean. So we just yeah. got we got to drop it. <laughs> it's gonna just cause more problems you know than not. Maybe. <laughs> I'll just keep it simple. Play what you want to play. Enjoy yep. what you want to enjoy. Don't give it labels. Just play it. They do what they want to do. Play what they want to They Be what they want to be. The Adams family. Oh, wait. No, we're not doing that. Never mind. Remember MC um, Hammer did an Adams family song? No? Okay. Oh, Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, and, and if people are going to give you crap for what type of games that you like, they're not good friends. Um. Just, just putting that out there. I heard a horrible story this oh, week about some, somebody Kelly, that got what. Don't say that because then then we have to bring up the 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 game, the game. Oh, the yeah. game. That's not. Then There's seven. more. You might want to amend that statement. Well, <laughs> or not, or not well, go down well, that road. Give <laughs> context. I heard a story about somebody that got shamed out of playing Genshin at Impact because their friends hated the game for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and it kind of pissed me off because I remembered when somebody that I knew trying to bully me out of playing WoW. This back in burning crusade before we knew about all the bad shit with wow yeah all right i'll just say harassing people about a game is never cool yeah so. that's that's criticize that's them personally if you know them calmly explain have a conversation that's cool harassing people doing a campaign picking on people in twitch chats never cool yeah yeah that that's what we're trying to say don't you know what don't be a dick yeah that, that should be the universal t- thing there um Okay. Question we of the on. week. Do you prefer <laughs> turn-based or action and why? All right, cool. How about that? Yeah, sounds good to me. Succinct, simple. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it won't cause a riot. <laughs> oh, you made me completely forget about the game that can't be mentioned. Chris. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Are, are we done being controversial? No, but let's move on to the news. Okay. Or, or, or other news. <laughs> um, Project Skies announced, hey, speaking of Blizzard, uh, controversial developers. <laughs> so this is a studio, this is developer El- Elodie Games. Is that how you say it? Elodie? It's probably like Melody with a theme, I assume. Yeah, Elodie, um, a new studio made up of former developers from Riot, Blizzard, and Bioware, announced their debut title, Project Skies, which is billed as a social co-op action RPG, borrowing elements from the RPG, the MMO, and MOBAs. So this can't possibly be problematic in any way. This this sounds like a train wreck waiting to happen from with the, the just the combination of these weird different game elements. Hey, 
we just told people to move the genre forward and now people are trying to move the genre forward and we're taking a dump on them before the game's already out <laughs> come I, on or because of the fact that they're mixing in moba don't moba is not a bad word no, no, no. I'm not saying the MOBA. I'm just saying the combination of these different Listen, gaming styles. We need to... Oh, I, I have a cat on my desk. Um, oh, sorry. I shouldn't have said that out loud. Chris, we're not allowed to talk oh, about cats yeah, either. Sorry. Social... Uh, <laughs> the term on here, social co-op action with all these former developers, just makes me immediately think, what's the over-under on this game existing? Will it shut yeah. down in under a year? What's the over over under on it even coming out? Oh. There's that too. Um, it's said to focus on deep pro- progression and replay replayability. Ah, can't talk replayability with players controlling champions in its fantasy universe. Though no details about gameplay or the universe has been revealed, multiplayer is a major focus with casual and competitive modes planned. This story is a big nothing story. Like a social co-op action RPG with elements from all this stuff. So I I think what they're saying is a Genshin impact. I, I swear I'm surprised that they didn't throw in roguelike in there just to have all the buzzwords. Well, I mean, yeah, because the, the thing is, they're also like throwing in MOBA. It's like, what? <laughs> Nothing yeah. against impact is MOBA. You're right. You're right. I don't know. We shall, we shall see. Just I add some towers in. That's all you got to do is add some towers and you got it. (laughs) Yeah, see, that's how come I'm saying. This sounds like they're throwing in a little... Like, I I have no problem with them trying to move the genre forward. I just think this combination of genres is a little wacky. That is what I'm saying. The whole thing speaks very much of, well, we want to get something out there, but we can't give any details yet, so we're just going to put all the buzzwords in and hope people get excited one of the screenshots the seventh out of the seven which is the closest it looks like to showing gameplay because moving the genre forward is definitely something you like to see but looking at that screenshot just makes me go oh it's the every game it's the every game <laughs> like it, it just it's looks an action like it's an action rpg mmo with social elements we 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 know nothing. We should just stop. We don't know anything about this game, really. They'll tell us later. <laughs> the backgrounds just look like this is a MOBA. Like they kind of do, yeah. But that's just because there's a generic fantasy style in the MOBAs that people yep. are attracted. And it's not even a bad fantasy style. I call it generic, but it's just because I've seen it in other MOBAs. But mm-hmm. it's not really. It's pretty. I just hey. I don't whatever. <laughs> We'll probably come into future games where we say this is yet another pixel art, art RPG. Move on. We can do the same about MOBAs for the same reason. Doesn't mean any of them are bad, but they just uh, start looking the same after a while. All right. Yep, I agree completely, Ryan. Um, That's a good way of summing it up. So, uh, Pokemon. We had a Pokemon Direct. Is that what it's called, or Pokemon Presents? Pokemon Presents. Um, where it announced the Scarlet and Violet DLC. Um, so it's going to be just like with Sword and Shield, where there's going to be two DLCs released. Um, are they all called the Hidden Treasure of Area Zero? Yeah, it, it's called the Hidden Treasure 
Treasure of Erezio, and we'll release in two parts. Part one is called The Teal Mask, and we'll release in fall 2023. Part two, the Indigo Disc, will follow in winter 2023. So, wow, we're going to have to wait a long time. Um, those who purchase the Hidden Treasure of Area Zero by October 20- 31st will receive a code for a special Hisu Zoro arc. What I want to know is, are they finally going to allow you to change your character's outfit? That would be nice, yes. I mean, you're a school kid. You have to wear your uniform. What do you mean? Could, oh, right, because you can only put on accessories in this one, right? Yeah. Um, and, of course, there's going to be new Pokemon and Pokemon from the uh, previous <laughs> games. Um, part Did I already say this? Part one is called the Teal Mask, and part two is called the Indigo Disc. Yep. And yeah. it's gonna, there's gonna be legendaries in both both parts. Um, you're gonna be there's, able to bring heard po- frog nightmares. You're gonna be able to uh, bring in Pokemon through Pokemon Home or trade. So home support is coming to Scarlet and Violet. They just don't have a date for that yet. Um, and then we talked about the limited time terror raid battle with uh, walk, Walking Wake and Iron Leaves. Um, also, I guess you can connect your Pokemon Go to Scarlet and Violet and get a special roaming form Gimme Ghoul. Sounds like it. And that's interesting. <laughs> and then they talked about other stuff like a, a classic trading card game set, which makes me feel old because I found that original set from 1999 when I was cleaning out my closet last uh, last winter. And then <laughs> they finally announced uh, Pokemon Sleep. Which I guess you buy a special accessory and set it next to your bed, and Pokemon gather around you while you sleep, and it gives you a sleep profile. This this disturbed me because I don't want Pokemon saying, "Hey, you have sleep apnea. You should really go see a doctor." Pika, <laughs> Pika, you need to sleep. Pika, sleep. snore. Uh, <laughs> I'm just waiting for someone who's an insomniac to look at that and go, "So, would you like to catch a drowsy now?" <laughs> Uh, um, and, then, and then you have me, the guy who just sleeps all the time. Although I have found the uh, my my perfect uh, gaming icon of of uh, in all gaming. So, all right, here's the real question: with the Pokemon presents, what do you all think about the creepy animatronic Pikachu? That's adorable. I did. I didn't see that. Its eyes. They're so robotic. That is adorable. Okay, I mean, except for the blinking part. But other than the blinking part, like the thing, I would give that thing a hug right now. I would too, but that's because I'm afraid of what would happen to me if I didn't. I it just it it blame Five Nights at Freddy's or something. But I just feel like this mon- this thing looks like it might be a haunted monster. I mean, it's, it doesn't I mean, look any worse than the Grogu uh, puppet that they used for the Mandalorian show. That Grogu puppet was great, and it was better than this. There's just this gap around the eyeballs that is just killing me. Uh, Chris, if you want to see a disturbing animatronic, look up um, the baby from the last Twilight movie. No, no, there's your nightmare fuel. Nope, not doing that. Yeah, let's not do that during a cast. Nope. (laughs) Do it later. Yep. Or never. Or never. (laughs) Or never. Hey, would uh, Pinocchio be considered an animatronic? Um, let, we're done. The uh, end. Lies of P has a release date. 
Um, it's going to get a physical edition. It's going to be released um, in August 2023, and it's going to come out for PS5. Or, I'm sorry, PS4, PS5, X, and Xbox and Series X, and then PC. Um, I'm just. I should love this Pikachu, and I don't. And I don't know why. It's just killing me. Oh, maybe, I sh- I'm supposed to move on, aren't I? Sorry. Maybe if yeah. you wish hard yeah. enough, Pikachu will become a real mouse. <laughs> this might be a more pointed question to Chris than anyone else. But speaking of Lies of P, this is a game that I keep hearing, like from an indie area, more and more people talking about in a I'm excited way, and I'm just not sure I see it. But I also I'm not. It's a Dark really Souls. Well I mean, people Dark like Souls, Dark Souls so. games, so. This one might be good and it might not. That makes it look good or look better than other Dark Souls like games. Oh, this has a different aesthetic and it's cool because it's Pinocchio related. And no one's done that before. That's simple. Okay. It's Steambuck. Yeah, it's it's more the setting of um, the. uh, What's it called? Um, uh, Cthulhu Dark Souls. What's that? Cthulhu Dark Souls on on uh, PlayStation. Bloodborne? Bloodborne. It's more like yeah, it's more of a Bloodborne aesthetic than the traditional Dark Souls aesthetic, which people are excited for because they want another Bloodborne. It's Pinocchio related, which is just wild. Like, why would you do Pinocchio for this? We got to see what you're doing with that. And there you go. And maybe it'll be good. Maybe it'll be garbage. We don't know. It's just it's intriguing ideas. Um, I will I mean, note that we don't see a lot of gameplay, so it might be really bad. <laughs> I mean, isn't a lot of the themes of Dark Souls is that you're hollow or you're not turning, you know, the opposite of Pinocchio, where you're turning into more of a puppet? Yeah, that was the first Dark Souls, right? I don't know that that matters as much anymore in those games. I mean, I, I can see about, you know, becoming a real boy and all of that kind of tying into um, different Steam, things. Steam has a gameplay trailer that actually shows, like, gameplay. Oh, okay. And Kelly, in this one, the more you lie, the more human you become. Okay. Which is kind of silly. Like, oh, that's what it you're seems doing. Like the opposite. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> that's the I thought in the Disney cartoon that when he lied, uh, it's just what his nose grew. That's all. His nose oh, reverses, oh. <laughs> gets smaller well, and smaller. Understand Disney just writes. You know, all of Disney movies are just fanfics. Yeah, yeah. Look, all I know <laughs> that's is just that the, that's I, just saying all fiction is a fanfic. <laughs> well, well, that's not true because Pocahontas I, I, was a real person. She was like a ten-year-old yeah, girl. Yeah, and it was it was. And this was the fanfic version of Pocahontas. <laughs> yeah, Tam. People were write fan fiction with real people too. Oh, I know. Oh, oh I want oh. a new topic, please. I used to write fan fiction. I know. I want a new Look. topic. All I know is Let's that I want, I want Pleasure Island to be actual Pleasure Island yeah, where the they drink one. beer and smoke and smoke cigars instead of the horrible version we got in that Pinocchio remake. Because then what's the point of it being Pleasure Island? You're, you're supposed to indulge in vice. What, you don't like uh, breaking lots of glass and shoot, drinking root beer? <laughs> breaking cuckoo clocks? Sure. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, Luminous Production is merging into Square Enix. I love the note on this. They were literally in the same building. <laughs> they were. So, um, there's also sort of a side story going on with this because this is the business aspect of Square Enix. Oh, that's freaky. Um, 
Yeah, it's funny that so you know, Luminous Productions was the team behind Final Fantasy 15. They kind of sp- split off and made their own subsidiary of Square Enix to create games using the Lum- Luminous engine. They made Forspoken, and now they're being unsubsidiarized back into Square Enix <laughs> as one of their studios. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with the Discord chat on this. It's kind of a big nothing burger. Like yeah. they they had a sub studio made, now they're not gonna be a sub studio anymore. It's just staffing moving around based on sales results. Who cares? Yeah, but I did find interesting is that the board of directors for Square Enix at their next meeting are putting in a vote to change presidents. Yeah, they're getting rid of the, the of the NFT guy. <laughs> yeah, they're getting rid of it. They want to get rid of the NFT guy. Like completely. Like completely. He's like they have his previous job title and their new job titles if the vote goes through and his is just a blank space. Oof. Like um, he's not even going to be part of the company anymore. Is this wishing on a monkey's paw that we're going to get somebody worse? <laughs> um it's, it's we actually I mean, we actually have who it is currently oh. um in that news article let me find yeah. it here because i posted i posted it someone else shared it and i saw it and i shared it um it is takashi kiryu kiryu chan uh, <laughs> uh let me so he uh, he is a current director. i'll take kiryu in charge of square enix <laughs> that's that's my crossover fan fiction why not as as long as we're not getting more NFT crap, but I think that ship has finally yeah. sailed. There's no, that no. monkey paw, though, is what if the guy currently in charge was the one holding back the flood of NFTs? No, no he's the one who was pushing for him. Yeah, he was but the one who was pushing because, for it. Because like, he's pushing for it, but is someone But because he's bad at it, it, that he was somehow holding it back? Yeah. I, uh, I think you're doing from. Uh, from here is on the next review. Uh, if I do one for Square Enix, I want to find a way to use the adjective luminous. Okay. Just no matter what the game is, be like luminous productions no longer exists, but now I want to use luminous. And there you go. So Kiryu joined in 2020, serving as general manager of corporate planning division of Square Enix Holdings. He has subsequently served in different positions. In April 2021, he became chief strategy officer and executive officer of corporate strategy and corporate communications of Square Enix Holdings and executive officer of Square Enix Co. In January 2022, he served as chairman of the board while serving as director of Square Enix Co. In May of the same year and and director of Square Enix Holdings. I I don't have the familiarity with all these people's work to know if this is a good or bad person for the job yeah well this this guy obviously has business acumen i yeah and then that's all you're going to get in a position like this is business acumen so yeah i mean it's been a while unfortunately most of the companies have moved away from having people who created the games in the business side Mm -hmm. only because of the fact they tend to run their companies into the ground because they don't understand how to do business it's okay, neither do to... the business people, because they don't understand what their business actually is. Yeah, see, that's the problem. <laughs> that That's the flip side. Sometimes they do, but sometimes they don't. Um, one of the guys for Nintendo actually did really well, and he was only a business guy. I guess Reggie? That's the... No, not Reggie. 
although Reggie was there for a long time, so he he kind of grew into it. This game looks uh, so weird. Oh, that that's all the business stuff. Um, Elden Ring expansion has been teased. Um, all we got is the name of the expansion, Shadow of the Erd Tree, and a release window. When is the release window? I don't see a release window. Yeah. For those that have played the game, do we at least know what an Erd Tree is? Yes, that's the big golden tree that is featured in the game. Okay. It's where the Elden Ring is. It's Listen, there's a lot of lore, and it involves yep. aliens, and you don't want to know. All right. <laughs> well, the only reason I ask is because part of this is still involved with George R. R. Martin. I'm a fan of his novels, but he is the type of person to be like, I'm introducing this character, this he, tree, this something, listen, and it has nothing to do with listen, the Listen, the way this works is he writes a treatment, and then the developers actually finish the story, and they did finish the story to the degree it needs to be finished for Souls-like. So... That's good. Don't worry about that. Um, please be aware, though, that Souls-like games are essentially the the incarnation of what you've just described. So it's kind of a good fit for his writing. <laughs> let's let's introduce some stuff and use it a little bit, and then never fully resolve it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, there's aspects in Elden Ring that I've seen people play where it's not really fully resolved. In sometimes intentionally, so they can do it in expansion. Sometimes not intentionally because they. That's the sort of storytelling they do is to not tell you all the story, which can be infuriating sometimes. Like that one house where you kill their god and then you see the person who was like all worshiping him eating him. Mm hmm. Oh, that actually is pretty well explained. <laughs> no, that's all explained, but it still leaves it hanging. Y yeah. Yeah. There I, is some I, I, unresolved I, stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought I heard a rumor that this this expansion was going to involve one of the M-named characters that, that wasn't brought up mm -hmm. in the game proper that... Oh, Mick... Um, there was like a sibling of the Yeah, not Mick... Mick uh, so it would be Mikola then. Yeah. To which is like, if, if, if that chick has a sibling, then mm -hmm. we're just going to be in trouble. Yeah. No, no. She was... Yeah. Let me solo him now. Yeah, the, 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 the one of the two instances where I had to recruit a summon, because um, I, I was just like, nope, I'm not even trying. I'm getting help for this. I tried. I, I, I tried because I was having trouble getting a summon. I Yeah, I needed help. Just well, a little, but I needed some point, help. <laughs> at that point, I was a glass cannon, more or less. So, uh... That's kind of why I needed the help because if you know just miss one dodge roll, she was gonna one shot me. Um, so I had to kind of compensate at that point. But yeah, and and now to find out that there's a character that's gonna be a hundred times worse, it's gonna be fun. Um, so that's all we have about that. Well, we have a lot of non. Yeah, let's get over our millennia P PTSD and move to the yeah. next story. Because. The the Thaumaturge has been announced. Okay. Um, this is a new turn-based RPG built building as, as a story-driven RPG with isometric Oh, so it's a JRPG. <laughs> sure. Um, Sorry. Isometric isometric exploration though doesn't mean. Oh no, that's WRPG. Yeah, there you go. Oh, but it's turn. Oh, I don't know one thing anymore. 
We, well, how do I put it into RPG. a bag and then prejudge it before it's even out? I don't know what to do. Let's just call it an RPG and leave it at that. Oh, all right. So it's every game. So you're setting an alternate version of 1905. Oh, there's a cat following. running on the roof. Wait, what? There's a cat oh, running on the roof. Crap. I can't see. Oh, no. Oh, there's the cat. Okay. <laughs> I've shown it three times now. Just for you. I don't. Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Well, <laughs> I was looking at sorry. the wrong roof. I had a, a spread. Oh, there's. T- is that two cats? No, it's just one. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Sorry, Chris, Chris, we're not allowed oh, to talk right, about cats. Oh, right, right, we're trying to do fewer cats. Okay. What is up with that hand? Oh. I don't know, but you got it's the magic. Weird. You did some um, red magic. So, oh, no. You did something bad. That's by, not- so. by the description and from this so far, kind of reminding me of uh, indie, more indie version of like Shadow Hearts or something. Yeah. Oh, he turned in that similar summon from Final Fantasy X. Oh, Anima. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to fight that jerk in theater rhythm. He's not fun. No. Um I had to fight him in He just wants a hug. Final Fantasy 14. Or she? She? No, she Fourteen's a he. Oh fourteen's it's a he? Okay. Yeah, fourteen it's a he. Either way that thing is a nightmare for In ten though, it's a it's a she, and I was like, she yeah, just wants a hug. A <laughs> Um, but yeah, I guess we'll have more details. Where does where does that. Anima show up in fourteen? Endwalker. It's in Endwalker. No. Oh, Endwalker. I might not be there then. Okay. No, I am. Right in the stupid towers. Yeah. Okay. Carry on. <laughs> um, <laughs> more non-news. IO Interactive is working on an online fantasy RPG, simply known as Project Fantasy. <laughs> we have a lot of like. Non-news this week. It's news, but there's nothing to it. It's because it's a slow week, so we needed something. So uh, the one thing I gather from that is how much I actually have started to appreciate the original Project Octopath Traveler announcement for Octopath, because at least that wasn't a generic project name. Well, it was a generic project name. I mean, remember, Triangle Strategy 2 was a project name. It was Project Triangle Strategy. Title may change. Nope. And then then they just left it that way, which... But this week we talked about Project Skies and Project Fantasy, so it could get worse. (laughs) Chris, why are you watching Scientifically Accurate Jurassic Park? I don't know. YouTube just suggested it, and I like dinosaurs. What do you want from (laughs) Hey, there's nothing wrong with liking dinosaurs. Just ask my six-year-old son. Um, he will not wear di- clothes that do not have dinosaurs on them. Nice. I, I feel the same way about cats. So, oh wait, crap! But now let's talk about cats. Um, dice building robot Tamarack Trail launching in quarter two, twenty twenty-three. Um, so yeah, n- another indie RPG. What dice turn-based dice building roguelike? Yeah, um, the turn-based combat makes use of customizable dice, and you'll be able to reduce enemy defenses to inflict wounds while trying to avoid the same thing happening. Rolling the dice determines player actions each turn. This this sounds like a turn-based version of that strategy game Pause played. Which one? Oh, God, what was it? She streamed it, too. Uh, you know what? I own it, so let me pull it up. Um, moving that way, on. Chris doesn't have to yell at his wife. Uh, 
I have some hopes for this, but that's because a lot of the buzzwords used in this and oh. general uh, styling of it look good. So, uh, Children of the Zodiacs. Oh. Oh yeah, I've heard that. I would hope so. Pause played it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, NIS and Furiyu announced Cry Machina. Um, this is an action RPG developed with Studio Aquia. And it is set in a post-apocalyptic world where mechanical girls aim to survive and become real humans. So, <laughs> Pinocchio, but girls. Hmm. I, let's have Sally! <laughs> oh, um, it's on Steam already. Oh, wow. That is, that is some, that, wow. That is some art. Sorry, uh, Chris is still on. Oh, dinosaurs. sorry, I should stop watching the thing. Um, yeah, uh, what are we doing? Uh, Cry uh, Machina. Uh, oh. You are, wow, I'm really behind, aren't I? Okay. Yeah, yeah just a bit. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you're basically trying to find a place called Eden where machines are contributing to work in hope of restoring humanity. Sounds like a... And I I forget, I think Mon Cappy was commenting about we hadn't... Oh, no, we were, we were talking Tokyo. Never mind. Okay. Nope, mixing up co- companies. I'm good. Oh. Yeah. You were close to, um, uh, I thought you were going to say it kind of reminds you of Tokyo Xanadu. I'm like, it kind of does for me. No, no, no. I was um, Tokyo RPG Company, which is a Square yeah. subsidiary. Because I was thinking, uh, Mon Cappy and I were discussing that we hadn't heard much from Furayu in a bit. But I was like, nope, nope, wrong companies. Yeah. This looks, I mean, this is up my alley. This is going to totally be up my alley. Rayu again. I'm getting uh, Scarlet Nexus vibes from the trailer, which is a game I kind of liked, even though I haven't finished it. So, yeah. Oh, I'll keep a more um, eye out on I, that. Actually, this, um, I have, this looks like it may be related to Crystar almost. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. The... Because it's also being made with Aquaria, the uh, the game, a company that, uh, like, yeah. they did Caligula it, effect. Well, Furayu actually made Crystar, but they did it in conjunction with Spike Chunsaw. So, um, yeah, Cry Machina, very similar name, so probably right up there with with Crystar and, and similar game design. Mm. One uh-huh. Just one's more fantasy. And one's but more is it made in Cry Engine? No. No. Probably no, not. not. No. Um, the Geofield Chronicle is getting an update releasing on March 5th, so tomorrow. Um, this is that kind of weird tactical RPG from Square. It's kind of like a Fire Emblem, sort of, right? Yeah. Uh, I yeah, thought it was um, the RTS one more than... Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, kind of like RTS. Um, it's getting a new boss, a new story scenario, and a new game plus option, and very hard difficulty. Um, the story content is ac- accessible after Chapter 5 in the main game and will grant players access to the new Grimoire weapon and new Necromancy skills. So, I, I, I've been curious about this game, but it, you know, it came out in a deluge of um, Squeenix developed games, so it kind of got pushed off the radar for me. Well, it, it didn't mean, review uh, that well either. Yeah, and it didn't even on well. uh, Steam, it's still sitting at mixed with uh, 541 reviews, which is not a big number. I don't know. It, it sounds like one of those games that it's going to be hit or miss. Um, I want to say there's a demo on Switch though for it. 
Yeah, there is. I just haven't. We have a review up for the PS5 version if you want to read through some detailed thoughts. Yep. Um, We've got a Japanese PC release for Legend of Heroes, Kuro no Kiseki. Let's see, when is it going to be? Where is the actual release date? Oh, I started playing Trails in the Sky again this week. Oh, cool. So I think I, I might that. be getting back that. into that. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that on on Steam that you were playing one of them. Apparently, it's been three years <laughs> since I last played. Rip. <laughs> um. Oh, I, I guess it was already available on console and is coming to PC. So the game is going to have um, aspect ratio support, high frame rate support, field of view setting, um, but a bunch of graphical okay. options and mouse Great. and keyboard support. So maybe with any luck, we'll get this version in the U.S. We'll see. Um, I forgot. Kuro no Kiseki is supposed to bridge between Cold Steel and the new series? No. Kuro no Kiseki. Oh, what? Kuro no Kiseki? Yeah. This one? This is the new series. I thought that there was another series that they've announced. but Anna! Trails is hard. So, Trails into Reverie is the second game in the new series, I thought. Uh, according yeah, we, to the Reverie, Reverie is the bridge, bridge says Yuna. Oh, thank you, Yuna. It doesn't thank have you. a Western release yet. Yep. So, Reverie got- is your bridge game, and then this is the new multi-part thing, I guess. Okay. I got them backwards. I apologize. Kaseki is hard. And we don't we have, have Reverie yet, I don't believe, either. No. Yeah. Uh, Reverie is coming. Okay. I think that they'll all come at this point, but that says yeah. July on in here. Cool. Um, July. Yeah. If you're confused, go to our where to start guide. We mostly have it sorted out. Um, we've got. We'll have Mario. to keep doing new versions of that guide as yeah. we continue. <laughs> as yep. continue. I, not, I don't know if we necessarily need new versions. We just need to go in and edit it. Oh, Reverie and the Krasekis are in this guide. So, all right, yeah, cool. They are. <laughs> they, yeah, they were in there because of the fact that they were out. Yeah, we knew and, about them all then. So nothing's changed here. So, all right, the guide is still relevant. <laughs> Um, we've got uh, Mar- uh, Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope demo out, and the first DLC has been released. Um, the demo gives players access to the prologue and part of the first planet, covering around two hours of gameplay. And Why do DLC, I still feel no desire to play this? I've heard this one is better. I know, um, that's the, DL- the thing I don't understand. I enjoyed the, the first one the- eventually. <laughs> You're not letting me say the DLC name, and it's fun. Tower of Doom! Doom! You have to say it like that because there's, what, four O's? Yeah, double the O's. So, Doom! Doom, doom, doom. Um, Doomy, doom, doom. Part of the season pass and sees Madame Boistrella taking Mario, Rabbit Peach, and their allies and cleaning her multiple... Oh, she... You have to clean her tower <clears throat> and save Spawny. It sounds like DLC for Luigi's Mansion. I am government man, sent by the government. The government (laughs) has sent me. (laughs) Is that Zim stuff? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I never watch Zim. You should. (laughs) I don't like Zim. I know quotes from Zim. Alright. And plus, it's the only Nickelodeon show made by somebody who makes homicidal comics. And gee, I wonder why he wasn't a good fit for that network. 
We've got more details for Fuga. Belt Put those kids in the too. cannon. Uh, but you don't have to in this one. You just suck out their life force, but you don't kill them. Uh, is that really different? I don't yes. know. I mean, you're not killing them. Children. You're just going to end up having them bedridden. You're turning them into vegetables, though. <laughs> it's still really bad. Don't do that. Well, if you play well, you won't have to. Okay, good. Um, this update mostly talks about the game's new leader skills, um, story affecting choices, and introduces a few new characters. Um, we've got all of this in the article itself. Uh, three new characters introduced are Shane Muscat, Merlot, and Canel Muscat. Um, Shane is the. Do they not have cats in the new games? What now? Is it all dogs in these games now? There, there's some cats, okay. um, but I think you're in a mostly dog-populated nation, so there. Oh, is that how that many. works? Okay. Yeah. So Remember the feline racism, the huh? The cats live in the sky. They do. Based I, on the other two games, I didn't play any of this crap. I don't know. <laughs> I bought the games, this, never played them, and then sold them for a tidy profit because they were sealed. <laughs> Um. Uh, just I think your camera's glitching out there. It is. It is. But okay. um yes, yeah, Solato Robo turned out to be or not Solato the the other one. Tail Concerto. Yeah. No, good good investment. Oh yeah, cuz your Solato Robo got stolen, but you still managed to sell the box for a tiny profit. Yeah. <laughs> also a good profit. Yeah. <laughs> um, um. I, I still have both of those games, and you will get them from my cold dead hands. <laughs> so yeah, um, lots of new information about that that game. You can go check that out. What else have we got? Dokapon. Uh, Dokapon Kingdom. Oh, somebody must have rearranged the stories. Well, uh, I opened them way too soon. Um, Dokapon Kingdom. Up, up, up. Open. See, this is what happens when you prepare for the show way too early. So, Dokapon! Um, we got an opening movie and class info. So, so this is the party game? Or the party <laughs> RPG? Is, is this the re- is this a new version of it, or is this just another re-release remake of the old ones? Remaster is what it says on here. Okay. Of Dokapon Kingdom. Yeah. Don't Anna played this with some friends who terrorized her in the game because you can you can be mean to your co-players because it's a competitive board game. So oh yeah, I heard that you can cha- you can land on squares squares that'll change a player's name to whatever you want, and pe- <laughs> people have said some pretty nasty named <laughs> their spouses you? pretty nasty Wouldn't things. You? Wouldn't you? It nope. depends. There are some terms that I've told Vaughn that if he ever calls me that, we're getting a divorce. Oh, I no. Can't th- I can't say them on the show. Hey. <laughs> Tell me afterwards so I can call you them the next time we play. <laughs> then, then we're, then we're so getting is, a divorce, is, Chris. But so we're not we married, so, to, so no problem. So are we going to have to get this game to, to do a group stream for uh, Extra Life this year? <laughs> how, how X-rated can the stream be? <laughs> Just saying. Um, what is this? This comes out in uh, spring 2023, available physically and digitally. <laughs> so, 
I hear Vaughn I can't say that, Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good, though. All right. Metal Dogs International has a Switch release to announce. Oh, this is another Metal Max game. So is it going to be yeah. terrible? Uh, I mean... According to Josh, yes. No, 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 have no, a no, review of the no. Japanese version. This is the dog-based one, though. This is yeah, the this parody. Yeah, the dog-based one, which people actually liked better than the... Look at this Shiba Inu in a cardboard car costume with a turret on its back and glasses. Yeah, people actually enjoy <laughs> the metal dogs. All right. How can you not when you have dogs like this Doberman in a in a swimming <laughs> donut with some art oh, glasses with on? Glasses, with sunglasses. <laughs> and, and, oh, man. With the gameplay is going to be garbage, rack. isn't it? But people oh. like it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All I have to say is call um, me when they release Metal Cats. All right. Um, so on the on the early access on Steam, because it's been in early access for a while, it has 620 reviews that are very positive overall. Okay. So that's usually a good sign. All right. Go give it a like over there and follow it. Oh, I've got it followed already. <laughs> I don't think um, I'm going to play this, though. Regular news, now uh, getting into the new release dates. Um, Outer World Space's Choice Edition is launching next week. Um, the Space's Choice Edition includes better graphics and proof It's not the best choice. It's Spacer's Choice. Um, additional animations, higher resolution environments, and an increased level cap. Um, if you want to hear more about the Outer Worlds, we did a backtrack on it called uh, Dr. Thunder Fallout. Um, <laughs> I just wanted an excuse to say Dr. Thunder Fallout again um, when does it come out it says next week Do we have, March 7th so Not next week three days see we've got Trinity Trigger heading to North America you've tried the best now try the rest Spacer's Choice oh sorry <laughs> Exceed announced that Trinity Trigger is going to come out for PS4, PS5, and Switch in North America on April 25th. This is the one that's kind of Secret of Mana-like? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm curious about like uh, Also made by Furayu. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm curious about this one. It looks cute. Um, we've also got an impression from Michael Baker of its Japanese Nintendo Switch release, so you can look at that and see if it excites you. Um, RPG RPG Maker Unite is launching on the Unity Store in April, specifically on April 6th. Can somebody uh, give me a um, guide to where to start on RPG Maker games? <laughs> on games I play them when the, they're done. Like, the no, no, like on the RPG Maker games, like this is the one that's meant for these games and it came out then and... Like I need a timeline of RPG Maker games and their spinoffs and what consoles they're meant for and stuff because I can't that keep it like straight. An Anna question. <sighs> uh, according to my husband Vaughn, they all suck. <laughs> I this don't know. One's... I mean, Anna and I both enjoyed Ruinverse. RPG Maker. Yeah, Ruinverse was made in RPG. Maker. Oh, okay. All right. And then there's most, strat- Kem- most of the ones that Chemco releases. Those two companies that make those games they release do it in RPG Maker. Aha. Okay. RPG Maker Unite is based on Unity, so that might be cool. I don't know. Didn't they get buy- bought out by sp- a spyware company? Who? Oh, RPG R- Maker? 
no, Unity. No, Unity. The yeah, but it hasn't tanked them yet. <sighs> I, I mean, I I want to say that Cattails was made in either RPG Maker or Game Maker, and I enjoyed that game. Um, I mean, game? I don't I don't mind RPG Maker games as long as they try. I the stupid ones I can't stand. I want oh. to say most of the Freedom Games games are were made in there, like uh, Dark Deity and Symphony no, of War. No, Dark, De- Dark Deity was not made in that. Was it made in Unity then? Because no, it, it was made. It was made in SRPG Maker, which is was created by the guy who made Fire Emblem. Oh yeah, no, it said RPG. SRPG Maker, Studio, you mean? Or yeah, SRPG Studio, which you can buy right now on Steam for fifteen bucks. It's on sale. I already um, own it. Our- RPG Maker Unite is $90. Um, I think that's just an initial price. So, so if you, if you uh, sign up now for the interest list and complete the purchase within two weeks of the release date, you will get a bunch of uh, early bird bonus DLC access or assets. So there's that. Um, and and, and t- t- take what my husband says with a grain of salt. He programs, so he kind of knows these things. If you're a beginner maker, just want to tinker, I'm sure this program is perfectly fine. Um, yeah. Hey, hey, are we excited about Mugen Souls arriving on Switch in April? No. Apparently, Wheels is. <laughs> I smell backtrack. Apparently, Wheel. Uh, no, what's funny is Wheel. Uh, Wheels was commenting on the discord about getting it again and playing it and then someone i'm getting there i'm getting there so then someone posts the review that he posted of the original game of the original release and it's like are you sure you're i was like wheels is michael apps (laughs) they're like oh crap it it was it was pretty glorious (laughs) So somebody on the Discord didn't know that Wheels was Michael Apps? Yeah, because they're, they're not staff. It was a non-staff member. Okay. Yeah, so you know, not every like most people know me as Tam. Like even among staff, most people call me Tam. But th- th- there's only like three or four people who actually call me by my actual name. Because <laughs> I don't know if people know that I'm Red Rock Nine Six Three on there on the Discord. But you also. And, you also don't generally post in the more general channels. No, I I have trouble keeping track of all the channels, to be honest. I'm reasonably sure I'm known as Ryan Six One Five in some of the channels. If I saw it right, so uh, no, you're you're listed as whatever your nickname is, so you come up as Delan. <laughs> yes, for real name aspects too. Yeah, so like I I'm just simply Tam. Even like more professionally, everyone calls me Tam. So I'm just like, okay, I'm Tam. I I can live with Tam. But, but uh, uh, so, yeah, I was like, yeah, um, Michael Apps is wheels. And they're like, what? How dare you? <laughs> oh, and you. he's like, I'm going to stream it because why not? <laughs> I uh, mean, if you if he's into pain and being entertaining. Truth be told, I want to try out the game just because I've heard it's bad. <laughs> Vaughn, I, it would be weird if I joined the podcast, you would still call me Vaughn. Well, what's even weirder, Vaughn, is that I have to specifically remember to call you by your real name in front of my parents. Because otherwise they'll be like, who the hell are you talking about? Oh, well, 
I'm used to calling him that everywhere else. Uh, yeah. Um, that that's all the news. Now, what's coming out, Chris? Um, sorry, I've been investigating SRG. SRPG studio because all of a sudden I've been decided I want to make a strategy RPG but I know that's a giant rat hole I shouldn't go down so instead at least least you know that that is made by the guy who created Fire Emblem so at least it's a guy who knows how to make are you sure he made it because it looks like it's made by Sapphire Studios Sapphire Games or whatever which might be an Indian company the uh, the creator of Fire Emblems it was involved in making SRPG Studios. And one of the creators of Fire Emblem left the company, possibly works with an indie okay. company now. What? I'm confused. I'm confused too, so I'm just going to say, I don't know. I'm going to go with what Tam said <laughs> and what Ryan said and just assume, yep, this is the thing. Vesteria Saga 1 and 2 is the official... Shozo Kugo, I can't say his name, <laughs> games if you want to play the Fire Emblem guys games and be like, hey, it's old school Fire Emblem, but we don't seem to like it as much for reasons I don't understand. Why don't people like these games? The Crickets. RPG Studio? No, the, the games that the guy made, uh, Visteria Saga 1 and 2. Oh, oh, I guess they got positive know. reviews, so maybe they do like them. It's just Anna who doesn't. I've been... My wife is leading me astray. Hello. Hi. Kelly? Yes? Do you want to play Visteria Saga 1 and 2? Um, probably not. No? It doesn't look that appealing just from the screenshots you're showing. You you don't want to see old 2D strategy maker game games, huh? Alright. I mean, not not really. Not particularly. <laughs> All right. They, they, I, I'm sorry. They just don't look that interesting to me. All right. I'm fine with them, but I'm not sure I'd go out of my way. What is this? They played. They made some other. I games. own the first one. Did you play it? I have. That's enough. Okay. Cool. <laughs> well, uh, in my defense, I mean, how many games do I have? Uh huh. I have 635 games in my Steam list. SR- I love this. this. This is my oh, favorite. Oh, no, I do know people with like over a thousand, yes. I'm getting close. Actually, you know what? Forget it. I'm going straight to the story. What are we doing? We've got um, we've got yeah. some games that have come out this week. Romancelvania for Windows, PS5, and Xbox Series S and X. It's an action role-playing game um, where you like... I remember the Kickstarter for this because it had the... Uh, like, all the characters are based off of various... Uh, is is it more of a dating sim or is there actually yeah there's actually combat in this too yeah, right? yeah. it's a metroidvania with uh that where you can romance characters oh hence why it's called romanceovania i apparently have music playing on the stream sorry about that all right i started a video that wasn't muted somehow i ruined the stream but I don't need to ruin the podcast by talking about it any further. We've got Clash Artifacts of Chaos for Windows, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Series S and X. It's an action role playing beat 'em up. Whew. I don't think I know about this one. So that, uh, go check that out if you're interested in weird looking beat 'em ups. Wow, that is, that's an art style. All right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Motto Anomalies 
for Windows, Switch, PS4, 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series S and X, which is, what even is this? Turn-based role-playing, but, what? Yeah, I, okay. Kind of looks a little like a Persona or something. There's some weird stuff going on in this game. Um, Oh, and card battles. Okay. Mm. Well, so... Check that out when that launches this week. The Outer Worlds, um, what Spacer's Choice version is coming. Metal Dogs and The Last Spell, um, also out this week. The Last Spell being an act, a tactical RPG with roguelite elements, um, kind of an isometric tactical RPG, which uh, has better looking art than the SRPG Studio games that we were looking at earlier. But uh, I guess it's to be expected. It's more pixely. But uh, it's very cool looking. I like the uh, yeah. the lighting they're going for. I don't know if it's any good though. So watch for some reviews and find out. That's all I, I got for what's. Wish list. Oh. All right. Well, at least on Steam, the last spell. Uh, recent reviews eighty nine at very positive. All reviews six thousand two hundred and forty at very positive. Okay. It's been in early access since june of last year so good chance that last spell is gonna review pretty well yeah i bought the early access version i need to give it a whirl see how it is what if final fantasy tactics and dynasty warriors had an illegitimate daughter that's the tagline on their their game (laughs) okay whatever that means (laughs) that's that's quite the uh that's quite the uh the the uh oh god i can't think of the term not bluff um statement that is oh there's base building what is going on oh boy yeah there's a lot going on in this game apparently mm-hmm. but it has a bitchin soundtrack so it's a trpg with aoe <laughs> all right neat this might be something up your alley there, Chris. It might be up a lot of people's alley. But Definitely yeah. JC's. Yeah, he should check this out this week. Let's see if we can get him to do that. His game club thing has fizzled out into nothing because, like I said, I'm gonna and I'm gonna say I'm right about this. You should have been doing the votes every month instead of doing voting for the whole half a year at once. But whatever. Well yeah. the thing is he also it doesn't help that he also just he abandons the games. Well that if he doesn't like the game, he should be allowed to abandon it. But True. for the first game, nobody was watching whenever he played, so he had to do something. <laughs> it's like you can't stream to nobody. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my problem is is that I ha- I'm a usually at work, and b around the time he starts streaming, we usually get slammed by because uh shift change at work is uh 17 sure. p.m mountain yeah time. yeah but it wasn't just you man it was it was there was a thing going on so something had to happen there anyway yeah so let's see if we can get him in this game on his list the last spell seems like a good goal for the week harass phil into playing the last spell <laughs> i'll probably boot that up this week and give you guys uh, uh some impressions and it's some impressions. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm between games, um, and I just, I just don't know what I want to play. How do you spell harass? H-A-R-R-A-S-S? Okay. I, I had it, and I just wasn't sure. I, it didn't look right, so I wanted to make sure. Thank you. 
Okay. Editorial content, Kelly? Yes, editorial content. Um, we've got the 8-bit Adventures 2 review from... Hey, it's Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Hey, do, do you do you want to summarize your own review? I could a bit here. I'll also mention the video review is up on our YouTube channel if anyone wants to see that too. And uh, uh, like I'd said earlier, because uh, I'd finished playing the game here, it's has a lot of charm, has a lot of uh, characters both growth and just relatability with each of the characters. So the story is just amazing. Uh, gameplay holds up with the swapping of characters. It keeps everything fresh. Um, the, the only real negatives, like I uh, put in the review, or soundtrack can be occasionally jarring, but if, that's, if you have it at a higher setting, that kind of happens with a lot of 8-bit games. Uh, just... You know, random loud noise will occur and be like, oh, that was odd. And uh, some of the names of the characters can be at odds with the setting. Like you have a character named Charlie in a city named Theopolis. So it's like, but those are very minor in comparison to, to how great the story is, how everything flows together and how much uh, just fun. So check it out. Thank you. Yay. Um, we've also got a Meg's Monster review from Michael Baker. This is that kind of Undertale one that we said that is going to end in tears, literally, um, as the, the game's about a girl who can't cry or the world will get destroyed. He gives it a 3.5 out of 5, says that it is an interesting and interactive combat system, a well-presented narrative, and gorgeous and emotive graphical style. Negatives, no non-essential battles, and not much between major pop your mileage may review, uh, vary on that. And then is is this a new reviewer, Marillo Zibernato? I don't recognize that name. Oh, uh, it says uh, second review, I think, in total with oh. us. Okay. Um, he reviewed One Piece Odyssey, gave it a three out of five, said it is a beautiful world with uh, exquisite battle animations and dramatic scenes, but has an uninspiring and predictable narrative, dull exploration and side content, unchallenging combat, and if you don't know One Piece, you're going to be confused. I'm, even if you know One Piece, you surely still get confused sometimes. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'll ask Vaughn about it. He, I know nothing one- of One Piece. He loves One Piece, and he didn't even want to put, touch it, so there's that. He also had a bad experience with the last game in the series. Uh, I can't remember what it was called, but it, it was kind of like a One, One of the, Piece Ar- yeah. Ar- Ar- Arkham Asylum and played for like two hours, and because he wasn't signed into Xbox, it didn't let him save his game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just start over and do it right. Oh, that's... A, crap system i know um oh by the way i don't know if either of you are into doing the idol champion still but they're giving they're doing some free steam exclusive dlc uh march 8th to 15th cool uh i still play the tablet version so i don't know if that applies or not i guess we'll see what's up uh with everyone's choices of what they're gonna play this week well, like I said, I'm in between games at the moment, so who knows what I'll boot up. But well, apparently, I, the last I, spell. 
Yeah, well, I will. I have some backtrack homework to start up to that I need to finish by May. Um, I just don't know if it's going to grab me or not. But I, I've also been in a very weird gaming mood lately too. So, cool. Um, as I continue to wallow between desires for MMOs that don't exist and um, deciding what I should actually play instead. Um, I think uh, I might give Trails in the Sky a, a big push this week to see if I can get fully into it. And what about you, Ryan? I will be uh, plugging along with uh, Fuga Melodies of Steel a bit, and mm. uh, something else might come up too. I mean, a lot of uh, games releasing soon and stuff that has been recently released I've missed out on, but uh, the only thing for sure is a bit of Fuga. And I'll, def- I'll, I'll definitely be uh, continuing on with uh, Relayer. Uh, I need to get into FF14 this week because uh, the uh, Little Ladies Day event is going on. There's so always an get- event. <laughs> there's, all, there, there's a lot of events. But at least they change year to year. Yep. That's true. And not just like some minor, oh, go kill this, go to this new area and kill something. No, it's like actual storyline changes. It's nice. It's engaging. And it's a hell of a lot more interesting than another MMO I could name, <laughs> which I also play. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, Relayer, uh, Final Fantasy XIV, um, maybe some more after the Path Traveler 2, depends on if I, if I, unfortunately, like, kind of what happened, kind of makes me just want to switch games so i don't that's how come i have so many games and don't beat so many mm-hmm. so we'll mm-hmm. just have to see what else may grab my attention okay well i think that's a show folks that's what we're gonna play why don't you play stuff and then let us know what you're enjoying and then while you're also yeah. letting us know what you enjoy you could answer the question of the week of do you prefer turn-based or strategy and why don't you mean turn-based or action Turn-based or action, and why? Thank you. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good way of getting around the bigger, the bigger, the other question. That's a good way of. uh, Yeah, that's the idea. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. And you can do that. Go to rpgamer.com, click on the podcast, find RPG Cast, or just look in the main news scroll, and uh, the RPG Cast show thread should be in there somewhere. Add a comment, and that's how we will um, get your comments for next week's show. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks for tuning in right here at rpgamer.com or to twitch.tv slash rpgamer for our live streams. And um, thanks for supporting the site. That's all I got for you. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Peace. See ya.